Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Canvas Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we have Orletha Smith from Inclusive Pay on. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of Canvas Legalization News. Mickey and Tom, what's going on? Hey, we're Hi, here. Hey. Just, you know, hanging out, working hard for the good teams that want to get their uh, craft grow. Craft grow is so hot right now. Yeah, <laughs> so is money and cannabis. Yeah, yeah, but you see, they're thinking that they're going to be pooping out about two to three hundred pounds of high-grade cannabis per month if you have a nice craft grow rig, and if that's wholesaling at twenty-five hundred dollars a pound, like it is in Illinois right now, that's like a half million to three quarters of millions of dollars a month. So, it's the licensing process for the craft grows right now. Is that what we're going on? Yeah, yeah. So the application's out in one month, pretty much one month from today, the state will be open and start accepting the uh, the applications. And uh, just got on a phone call. Oh, boy. I'm sure that phone call was probably for a craft grow. Uh, it's so hot. I mean, it seems like because there's three apps that are out right now, craft grow, transport, and the infuser license. And so um, Fox 32 actually reached out to me. So tomorrow... Fox 32. Uh, they want to add some questions about the infuser license. It seems like it's the least popular out of the three. Everybody's calling about craft grow and a lot of people are calling about transport. Well, I, I think as you guys go through your aches and pains of legalization, because people are going to realize, so your infuser license, that's pretty much for like uh, RSO, distillates, shatter, right? Well, you take cannabis raw materials and then cannabis raw materials is defined under the statute in a certain way. So I'm a little confused as to what a cannabis infused product is. It, does a vape pen count as a cannabis infused product? Because a lot of vape pen uh, or cartridge manufacturers will buy distillate and then add some terpenes and then fill the cartridge. Well, I imagine uh, any of that, like uh, any extraction, because what I think the industry is going around, you know, we have our farmers, mm -hmm. but then we have our extractions, extraction specialists, guys right. that. Uh, you know, that's all they care about is how to get that best terpenes and the best whatever out of it. And you guys will get there because you guys don't have a huge um, like, uh, the, again, with the culture shit, because here in Washington, 
these guys were dabbing and, and doing shit like all these secret sessions all the time. And uh, uh, that's how I got how I learned about the the shatter and all that stuff. So, yeah, shatter is kind of like CBD. I'm assuming that, you know, the Matrix is what we're all sitting in and and they made it up like eight years ago and, and then it magically became a thing. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's my opinion on it. Of course, that's wrong because, you know, cannabidiol was first isolated in 1940. But the the extraction, I just think it has to it's a byproduct of legalization where you were able to then start processing it in a way where you didn't have to be concerned about being busted. And that's where you got those distillate extractions where you could then take it. And then how old are e-cigarettes? E-cigarettes aren't even 20 years old. So, yeah, but uh, well, I'm just thinking in the terms of your tears and what people say as far as, uh, um, like you said, your uh, processor goes or your, uh, you know, oh, yeah, that's totally different. That's totally like the processor license out West uh, is, is it a substantially different license than the uh, uh, the infuser license here in Illinois? The infuser license really is. It's like, well, what's your industrial kitchen? How are you going to put that in a balm or topical, a tincture, uh, edible, a beverage? And it does not say anything about a vape. So I'm assuming that if you wanted to make vape cartridges, you would need a craft grower license. But I asked the state. Because that's the thing. The state takes questions. Yesterday was the deadline for the first round, and we'll see what they say. Man, it's all about the aches and pains. I mean, here we going back in the session here in Washington. We're hoping for home grow. Home grow. Home grow. Be great. You know what? You know what didn't get home grow or anything uh, this year. I mean, it was it was bad because I was really like stoked about the 2020 ballot initiatives that we were going to be able to see. And one of those ballot initiatives was supposed to be in the great, crazy state of Florida. However, it looks like Florida marijuana legalization is shifting its focus to 2020 instead of this year. And that has to, you know, they've had over 700,000 signatures, but I think it must be, oh, that's right, stealth deadline of February 1st. So they needed 77.6 and then... They had to raise another almost $5 million. So uh, remember when we had the person from Arkansas on where she was talking about all the problems and the difficulties that she had trying to get everything raised, all the money raised, and then also all the signatures? I guess that's caught up with uh, legalized Florida or make it legal Florida um, and a stealth deadline. I hate those. But, you know, Florida's had issues for years. I mean, how many times have they come close? How close have they come? Well, with Florida, unlike, you know, other ballot initiative states, they need to get that 60 percent supermajority. So that's usually what kind of screws it up. And then did you hear Bernie Sanders news that he made, which is kind of related to Chicago? Unionize it. Unionize it. Legalize it and unionize it. And that's like a direct jab at Cresco Labs in Joliet, Illinois, to vote yes for the union on Tuesday. So uh, this is where it's at, though, man. Uh, You know, the one positive thing for our uh, recreational law is it it gives workers rights, which I'm totally about, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I, it's one of the ways that I've been drafting my operating agreements for the uh, teams that I use, you know, for the social equity. I'm like, hey, don't forget to give the give the employees some. See if you can kind of head off the unionization before it starts, because people, especially when they're business people, they hate being told what to do. They're like, yeah. hey, I gave you the job. Just be happy. Yeah. But, you know, uh, like when it was medical here, you're on a job, you're getting paid on a table, you get hurt, say, you cutting your finger or trimming or something. You know, yeah. there was like, OK, go home and here's a Band-Aid. 
now you get you have rights at least here in washington where it's like uh were you under unsafe conditions were you uh, uh you know overtime that's a thing that now they have to abide by uh yeah. there's something to be said about regulation when it comes to employees you know and, and their rights but you're right, right. people with money don't want to fucking be told what to do People with money ain't being told what to do, and they just they don't they also don't think they have to play by the rules. They're just going to buy their way into whatever they want. Speaking of people and money and and politicians, did you see that one that I sent you with the Kansas politician? Kansas politician. I sent you a link, and he argues black people are more likely to become addicted to marijuana because of genetics. That guy was from Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. you mean this guy? Yeah, yeah. That guy does look like a schmuck, doesn't he? I'm just Representative saying- Steve Alford. Somebody has to put up with that guy. I bet he's married. Well, the fact is, he's got kids, and hopefully his kids don't believe what he believes. But uh, as we talked before, man, uh, you know, Civil War ended. And then, you know, when did America start? When did we start? You know, these people are still alive when lynching uh, happened. This is going up the hill. Here it is. This is this little quote here. Uh, Reference to time in the 1930s when marijuana was prohibited. What was the reason they did that? He asked a crowd of about 60 people, none of whom were black. One of the reasons why, I hate to say it, is the African-Americans. They were basically users and they responded the worst off to those drugs. It's basically of their character makeup, their genetics in that. And so basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to do a complete reverse of the people not remembering what's happened in the past. So I guess uh, this 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 guy... Uh, this 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 lovely representation of uh, perhaps a human uh, is uh, is trying to make sure that we all remember our racist past. What, what yeah. an idiot! Yeah, it's just the ignorance. You know, it, it's the Fox News of the fucking America, it's the Topeka, Kansas of marijuana policy. Yeah, uh, I, I got nothing, dude. When you when you come across this sort of stupid, I mean, what do you do? I well, mean, you just kind of hope that he's dumb enough to not look both ways before he walks into oncoming traffic. But yeah. um, and then that guy is a position in power, too. And so not only is he an idiot, he's also thinks that he needs to lead people, which is is not what people need to do. You know, I, I'm sorry. I'm sick of being led by idiots that are talking about a plant and they know nothing about it. And those are the ones that are making the rules. Yeah, there's the, there are the people that believe that you and I deserve to be in jail for something that I consumed this morning and made it to yeah. work and fucking did everything I'm supposed to do. I, you know, yeah, I know. And then that, that's the thing. So next uh, next Wednesday, I'll be at this thing on the 22nd. It's going to be at the Godfrey Hotel in Chicago, uh, Green and Shy. Hope to see you there. There's going to be a whole bunch of uh, people that also like to smoke cannabis and then go to work and uh, network as well after the the day. So it's going to be pretty fun and I'm looking forward to it. It's a Tony P production. Well, I, I think the fact that this is a billion dollar generating industry, I mean, I mean we're, we're not even fucking around no more. This is a billions. And, that, and how many legal states do we have? Uh, 11. Yeah. With our nation's capital. I mean, we got a... Yeah, but the nation's capital, it's legal, but it's not. It's legal, but you can't sell it. Which, That's you know, true. So you got no, you got no money in theory. You're you're not supposed to have any money. You know, there's money being changed in the hands, but there's just no taxes that they're collecting. And then Illinois, I think has busted over $20 million now in sales in the first two weeks. And did you guys have any uh, robberies or anything that happened so far? Yep. There was a robbery up in the Chicagoland area. Yeah. Very successful, but um, 
yeah, it's that's where the money and the weed is. And so that's one of the problems with using all cash. You know, if they were able to use their debit card, I'm sure that, yes, there would still be some cash, but it would be like a fifth of the cash that they have right now. Because you ring up your your cannabis bill and it'll be, you know, hundred bucks. I, I You'd see receipts of people that were showing how much the taxes were. And it was, it was obscene, like the amount yeah. of taxes. So if you want to buy like shatters or butters or vape cartridges, those are going to be the things that are taxed the highest because they're the concentrates. But the fact that you have a purely cash only business, it's just drawing in that, that element. You know, here in Washington, yeah. they recently just took a, because they had a map. They had all the locations of uh, uh, dispensaries and uh, grows on a map. They just took it down because they felt that it was making them a target, which in a sense it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if uh, they had some sort of, like you said, use of ATM or, or bank, you know, use their plastic, you know, but how would you do that? Oh, that one is a very difficult uh, situation because there's merchant codes and cannabis can't get a merchant code. Uh, they also will shut down your bank account if they find out that that's what they're using it for. Some of the providers like Square, I want to say, has come around and a lot of the providers have come around on uh, selling hemp. Like uh, WooCommerce is a plugin on WordPress. And I know you can use them to sell hemp now. Um, and you can get a bank account for your hemp business. But uh, the this the THC aspect of it. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult, if not impossible to try to find banking solutions. Well, they're very quiet about it. For example, Cresco's in Joliet. For some reason, there's a bank in Joliet that, you know, doesn't mind lending to cannabis businesses. Yeah. I mean, well, here in Washington, we have only, I think three credit unions that are willing to do business with the cannabis industry. And then we also have uh, uh, at one time, every once in a while you have your intermediate players that come out. There's uh, these guys that were doing a Bitcoin type thing, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. And probably uh, they should have thought about it more just because I think the market's so volatile. You can't really, uh, you know, cannabis itself is a commodity. I think that needs to be the, uh, the blockchain. But when you have Bitcoin, uh, that, market what you buy for a hundred dollars today you know could be worth seventy dollars yesterday or, or could be worth 300 i mean depending on how yeah, that's 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 actually one of the downsides of bitcoin is its volatility yeah I mean, the, the, you know a dollar today is more or less going to be a dollar tomorrow like a tiny incremental difference with bitcoin yeah. it could go up or down 10 percent. that would just create pandemonium yeah, when I was overseas, you know, we uh, when I was in the Navy, uh, we would try and try and figure out like what was the best day to take our money out for the exchange rate. Like, all right, I was trying to get the most out of my goddamn dollar, you know. Yeah. Uh, but and that's where it's always going to be safe, whereas opposed to like a Bitcoin that's very fluctuating type things. But you know, who else could answer that question? Who could? I believe our guest today. Well, we Absolutely. should bring the guest on. Hey, Arlita, what's going on? Hi, how are you guys? Great to have, great to be here today. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Good to have you. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about the uh, fun banking industry oh, and yeah. the high cash, uh, heavy cash, heavy business of dispensaries. And like you said, it is a very, very, very dangerous position to be in to be uh, so cash heavy. And we've seen a lot of dispensaries put like actual ATMs in the dispensaries here in California. And that doesn't really solve the problem because now you have this, I don't know if you guys have seen it on the news where people try to steal an ATM. They'll like break the window and then wrap a rope or something around it and try to pull it out. But they still have to transport that cash. And that's where a lot of the robberies um, have been happening. And so 
what we at Inclusive Pay do is we help these merchants to be able to take that plastic to be less cash heavy um, so that they mitigate some of that risk. How do you do that when there's no um, there's no code? There's no four digit merchant code for cannabis. Right. So what we do is so there were and I think uh, Miggy brought it up is that there were blockchain solutions um, that were out there that were trying to allow them to take MasterCard Visa. Well, here's where it comes in is that instead of saying, oh, it's for cannabis, they were saying, oh, I'm buying this gift card through this product. And then it automatically is changed into cash USD and it's automatically deposited a couple days later. So that's how they were trying to get around it. Unfortunately, uh, Visa MasterCard came in and they were like, yeah, no. And so they shut that down. So, But we still have the opportunity to do cashless ATMs, um, pin debit. Uh, we can help them on the digital side as far as hemp and CBD. I think you guys mentioned that. We can do that as well. We do have a network of banks that, like you said, like to fly under the radar. They're not going to come out and say, hey, we do cannabis because they, they might know. Like, Shut up. <laughs> No, we don't. Right. Read the non-disclosure agreement that is part of your account. Right. So they uh, use people like us, our company, where we will go and say, hey, look, we can help you. And you have to sign this NDA. And now that you sign this NDA, now we'll introduce you to these banks. Right. Um, it's it's really sad that something that is legal and it's just a plant that we have to like crawl under the table and do it like it's, you know, this really seedy business when it's completely legal. It's legit. And that's kind of what we tell our dispensaries is, look, you're legit. Act like you're legit and you'll be treated a little bit more like you're legit. If you need a loan, we can help you get a loan. And it's a legit loan. We're not saying, oh, it's a flower company. They, they sell carnations. No, it's a dispensary and they dispense cannabis flower, THC. You know, so it's it's like we're trying to bring it the legitimacy to this industry and starting with a notoriously conservative industry like banking yeah. <laughs> great, great uh avenue to uh go get to to get into the industry because uh as tom and i always talk you know like the politics behind this and the rules i mean it's just so boring like this is some grown-up stuff that you're like really i should have really paid attention in high school or maybe even went to college i don't know but <laughs> you know uh but you found ways to work around that which i i think is great because this is an essential part of the cannabis industry and you need to be able to access with your card so people are safer the employees the the dispensaries because you know right now they're just magnets of cash you know yep. And uh, so you mentioned like cash free atm as one of these payment solutions for dispensaries mm -hmm. well how does a what is a cash free atm and how does that help a dispensary with its payment so a couple of things, a cashless ATM is basically the customer walks in, they grab their product, they swipe their card, they pay the fee and it prints out a little receipt. That means that they've paid for it. The cash is instantly taken out of the person's uh, direct checking account and put into the bank or the uh, merchant's account, the dispensary's account. Now how that helps is in several ways. They're not as cash heavy, which means they're less likely to be robbed because what are you gonna steal receipts? Right. And then you know, also it, it mitigates some of their risk with their employees because it's very easy, as most restaurant owners might know, for um, maybe a bud tender or someone else to say, oh, you know, I'm going to take this and just stuff it in my bra or whatever. And now they've lost that that money. And there's yeah, but nobody's nobody should do that. Right. Because yeah. like, uh, everybody's being recorded at exactly. all times. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, uh, uh, Steve, I see that you were working. You see where you took this $100 bills and crotched it? You're right. fired, Steve. Right. You're money. fired, Steve. And, you have yeah. a good day. <laughs> But it just makes them less um, less vulnerable to um, being to theft, honestly, and also to transport that big amount of cash. You know, it's easier to track and trace, especially if you have a system where it goes, okay, this is the exact thing that they purchased. It went into the POS. This is how much it was. It's automatically deposited. Now it's easier to track and trace, as opposed to having to count all the cash to oh, absolutely. transport all the cash. And so it's just a, an easier process. And record keeping is so very, very important in the cannabis application scoring process. And, and that you're supposed to keep all these books and records for years. Having those records, one of that, it's a piece of money. You know, that piece of record is it, it's not on a ledger anywhere. There's no account for it. You've, you put it on your book somewhere. Now, where's it gone? Right. Yeah, it definitely does help to uh, track that and to keep account, especially in a legitimate business. And it's part of licensing and all that good stuff. So you want to make sure that you have the easiest for me, the easiest way to track that. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, so do you guys also do uh, provide point of sales too, like at the transaction as well, like whatever bank provided? Because there's like, so what you're offering is like multiple ways for a dispensary or a pot shop. You know, we're getting to the way where we can't call them dispensaries anymore because there's no medical. I mean, we know the plant's medical, but the goddamn Apple looking store is not medical, <laughs> you know. But uh, so you do the point of sales as well. Um, what I think is also awesome about your uh, company uh, is your story and how you got there. Right. Like, so you're a, a, a wellness person. You, you had your, uh, what, is, what is it called again? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was uh, better meal plans. And, yeah. and we come from the wellness industry. And it's so funny because a few years back when we got in, how we got into it was that we were writing about all these great things that were coming to light with the, with the plant, with CBD, with cannabis. And we wrote about CBD specifically because, you know, it helps people with a lot of things. And so we wrote about it and what they said it could do. And now, mind you, we're selling meal plans at this point. Um, and we were writing about it and we got shut down by our payment processor because we wrote about CBD and some of the benefits. And so we were like, what the hell, what do you mean? We can't write about the, some of the health benefit on our own blog, on our own site that we pay for. And so we were like, oh, so you're doing this to us. You must really be hitting hard on the people who are growing on the people who are dispensing. And so at that point, before we even got into that, we were thinking about um, we were looking into opening a credit union that was specifically aimed at cannabis. And since we were both in legal states and so we had already started down that path and we were like, oh, this is what you want to do to us. Oh, let's take this way. So yeah. we went <laughs> we took it as an omen that we yeah. were supposed to get into that industry a lot sooner. But a credit um, union, I thought they had huge capital requirements they to, do. to be able to begin one of those. So they who's sitting on the $25 million or something? You know, they, it's, who's, it's, who's bankrolling that? Well, just to start the credit union, just to start the credit union was $3 million. Just okay. to even say, hey, look, you know, I think I want to do a credit union. And so we had to look at, look for angel investors and we were looking in that. And But when this merchant processing opportunity presented itself, we basically said, okay, if this is the way we're supposed to start, let's start here. And it was like doors just flew open for us and people were so kind and accommodating in this industry. And so they helped us a lot. <laughs> and yeah. so we we got our foot in the door and it just exploded. Well, get rid of that paper trail is huge. I would imagine everybody wants to have some, you know, you walk into the shop and you get your money through the ATM 
that's one line. And then you go into the line for your weed. Uh, if I could just do it all at one stop. And then when at the end of the day, when these guys close their books and leave their store and not have to worry about getting robbed, I mean, there's a lot of benefit to what you give. I, yeah. I think, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. It helps them um, a lot. And it also helps the, the the customer. I mean, who wants to make 50 stops? I don't want to be walking around with 200 bucks in my pocket. Honestly, I don't I don't like to carry a lot of cash. If yeah. I can just throw my card in there, be done. OK, bye. You know, walk out. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes one it day, easier. One day when you're not violating all those federal laws by moving the money around. But that is that one of the reasons why people gravitate toward a uh, credit union because they are not FDIC insured? They're insured by the NCUA, which is a Department of Treasury, as opposed to its own corporation or something. And the NCUA is, is looser with yeah. their with their regulations than um, the FDIC. And so, since the FDIC is federally insured, which is part, of, I mean, sort of, let's talk about the Safe Banking Act then, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Is that it's coming up or it's 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 on the forefront right now and it's a lot not. of people are like super excited about it, like yeah, it's gonna and it is going to solve some problems. It's not gonna make it out of the Senate committee where they that chop part, it up. right there, that part right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, let's say that a pig sprouted some wings and flew from LA to you know Chicago right. and it it passed. Yeah, let's say that uh, Mike Crapo from uh, Idaho gets stuck <laughs> and he blows, he, he gets a flat tire at an Oregon cannabis farm <laughs> and he's just flabbergasted. He hates it. He's, he's so anti-cannabis, but by the end of the day, he's fixed his flat tire and he's had a joint and he's like, you know what? I was wrong. This is, this was stupid. I'm going to go tell the Republicans that we were supposed <laughs> to vote for this. A man can dream, you know? Damn right. I mean, let's say that happened and it, oh, and it was true. Yeah. And and the Safe Banking Act passed. It still doesn't make cannabis federally legal. It's still no. not legal. And so it's it, it might make it easier to get a bank account. I, and banks are still, they still have the right to say yes or no. They don't have to do it just, be, just like when the farm bill passed. Oh, yeah. it's, it's legal. So what? They don't have to do it. And yeah, they these, these, there are some people that are so prejudiced against this plant. Like Oakland, Illinois is the exact opposite of Oakland, California. <laughs> Oakland, Illinois banned all cannabis businesses, which they're allowed to do. And then it also banned all hemp farming, which wow. I don't think it can do. Uh, no. You know, the, the Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C., and then also the Department of Agriculture in the state of Illinois said, yeah, you can have this. This is legal. If you can farm yeah. it on a farm, you're allowed to farm it. It's just, and, and if, I mean, I have a, a friend who's a master grower in, and he relocated to uh, Illinois to attempt. Mm. And the pain, I was like, whoa, I thought it was crazy here. And the town that he's in, they're like, no, you have to rezone the the property and we're yep. not doing that. I mean, it's so much, so many ways that they could, they, they're telling him no. Right and here. yeah, it's legal. Yeah, they said we can. No. <laughs> yeah. Electronic spot. Yeah, right. it's and the we're currently in this round right now. So if you weren't already searching uh, for real estate before now, you're basically screwed. Yeah. And so having that real because you need to have that real estate on your application, and your your application is going to get scored on how good your facility is. 
yep. and, and your designs for that build out. And so I think by the second round here, this time next year, we'll be gearing up for the second round of those applications. And hopefully that's more of a, a, a runway that these people that need to put together those plans and then go and get blessings from the local municipal zoning and all that other stuff they'll have more time to take care of all those things. Yeah, it's it was it was crazy. I, I was shocked at I, I mean, I thought that reefer madness was, you know, a mm. thing of the past. Wrong. Right. Um, one of the, <laughs> one of the, when they when they voted on it this past June and it passed, one of the Senate Republicans did the frying pan and egg thing like on C-SPAN or whatever the Illinois equivalent of C-SPAN is. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Smashed it. And then he voted no and you know, he lost. But that that mentality of this is poison is out there. Yeah. Well, you know, what the poison is the law. I mean, the, the and, and how they've been treating us and people trying to get into the industry. Or, Lethia, when your friend uh, decided to, to be a grower, uh, did they have a plan? Did they see... Because I think that's the biggest failing, especially for you from a, a, an entrepreneur perspective, somebody who went from wellness to banking. I mean, I, yep. you know, that's out of your out of my wheelhouse. But what was your plan? How did you manage to like, OK, this is what we're going to do <laughs> and if I can follow through with it? man. Well, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so it wasn't my first business and they're all over the place. Um, they're not all in the same vein. Every single business that I've ever started has been in a different industry. And that's part of just who I am as a makeup. I just love different things. And I don't I don't like being pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. So as an entrepreneur, I don't have to be pigeonholed. If I were to work in corporate America, as I came from in HR, as a trainer, a training manager, I had to be a training manager. I couldn't do anything else. But as an entrepreneur, I can do all kinds of stuff. So that's kind of where I was like, OK, I know the basic framework is I need to have a plan. I need to move quickly. And I follow the Kaizen method, as I tell everybody, if they're thinking about going into yeah, entrepreneurialism, is to follow the Kaizen me method, make small changes, uh, review those changes, change quickly. You don't have to have the whole thing laid out in front of you, have a basic framework, um, make small small plans. Don't make big plans, especially in the cannabis industry, because they are going to change. It's <laughs> just like the law. Well, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cannabis industry moves pretty fast. It moves super, super quick. Don't get attached to anything. Don't do that. Because if you think that you know everything, you don't. That's right. <laughs> you just don't. <laughs> so are you going to be able to help some of uh, these new players in Illinois have payment solutions besides cold, hard cash? Yeah, we do. Um, the, the cool thing about what we do is that we started with just merchant processing and payment solutions. And then we said, hey, look. We also see that a lot of our, our merchants are having problems getting loans. So yes, it's a nascent industry. Yes, they need to build out, but now they don't have any money to do it. And then they go to the bank and they go, hey, I want this loan. And the bank's like, okay, what's, what business are you in? And they say cannabis. And it's like, oh, no. Get out. <laughs> so, oh, really? There's the door. Get out. Uh, uh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we we are not committing money laundering in this bank. Right. And that's another thing with the Safe Banking Act. People think, oh, you know, it'll it'll help banks to be able to, you know, accept these loans. And it's like, again, it's still up to them and it's very yeah. conservative and they don't have to. Right. Um, but what we, we do is we work with a network of banks who have said, yes, we'll do this. Don't tell them who we are up front until they sign up paperwork <laughs> in the NDAs <laughs> and we'll help them do that. We do loans. We also help um, especially in Illinois, and this I know is going to be big because it's still big here in California, rebanking of legacy funds. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people were in the industry before the industry became legal. 
and they have a lot of funds, a lot of money. And that money, although it hasn't been used in the commission of a crime, needs oh, to no, be. No, that was that's that's money laundered. That was that's illegal money. In theory, if this was 1993, they would be seizing that asset. Right. And so what we do is we help them to rebank those funds because you know little Timmy does need to pay. You need to pay for his college fund. You can't walk in there with twenty thousand dollars in cash and go here you go. That's you right. can't do that. You can't walk to the bank and take it and just deposit it because they're going to go, where the hell does this money come from? Where's your form? No, right. we're not going to take it. Right. So we help them by performing. Uh, we have companies who perform forensics on each bill and help them to get it rebanked so that they can use it. Get it Literally, out of the it's a federal crime called layering, I think. Because <laughs> uh, like you, I also come from the banking and I was their lawyer for like many years. And then I'm like, oh, and so that those were my first clients were uh, for my first cannabis client for banks. And I'm like, here's this, here's that, here's the other. And I'll also be doing some more seminars and some interactive stuff uh, after all my clients are in on uh, March 15th. And I'm like, all right, let's get the banks open now because you really don't need that bank account until you've been issued that license is yep. what I tell my clients. And they're like, well, where do I get a bank? You know, do I talk? I was talking to this guy and he said, no, I'm like, don't just go to the bank and tell them that you're going to start committing federal crimes. And <laughs> you would like an account. You know? um, oh my God. Um, but you know, some people will do that. Oh, you would be, well, you probably would not be shocked, but no. yeah, there are a, a great host of people who thought that they could just, it's legal now. I can just take all this cash out of grandma's garage and go put it in the bank. And they tell yeah, no, you can't. Yeah. You do need some help. So right. we help people with that. Good. Because that is important, trying to make sure that money comes back uh, into the legitimate market so it can be tracked and taxed, which is what Uncle Sam should have been caring about the whole time, as opposed to like stealing it from the people and saying, now you're going to prison, buddy. Uh, right. Which that we helps. have to pay for. Uh, and it doesn't help. It yeah. helps a lot of people. It helps so many people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Insert sarcasm here. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, well, I'm just glad that we have not had a um, a raid, like a, a federal raid of any lawful cannabis business in almost 10 years. I want to say like the last raids that I really remember were it's still in, during Obama's first couple of years, but then they basically stopped them by like 2011, 2012 tops. I can't think of any recreational raids, but they're yeah. having medical. Yeah, I think 2012 was the last thing i can think of besides the canadians who have been raiding their own people yeah nobody cares about canadians <laughs> so at least you said you're uh, uh uh worldwide uh are you in every state every recreational state plus i love on your website how it says are you tired of being told no and then like we serve everybody <laughs> yeah it's like is, if, if it's legal then we don't we're not gonna judge you we're like so tired of and it started like we told you because we were we were like oh you're gonna tell me no Oh, let me just show you how I'm going to do this. Take pictures of it. And I'm going to put it on the internet and make it real. That's so, <laughs> um, yeah, so we do help so many people. We are in all legal states. Um, I did want to touch on something real quick. If somebody is mer looking for merchant processing, um, if you are just doing uh, CBD or hemp the, and you just want a website, there are some really, I think pertinent questions to ask anybody that you're going to work with. And that one of them is where are you um, operating at and is your bank domestic? Mm. Because a lot of times uh, some of these merchant processors do use offshore banks, which means you're going to incur more fees 
It may be shut down. They're not subject to our laws. They can keep your money. I mean, all kinds of things. We do yeah. work with international banks, but only for our international clients. We don't usually suggest those for domestic clients because it just doesn't, first of all, it just doesn't, it gives the appearance of impropriety. It doesn't look right. Right. So, yeah. so we don't, we don't really suggest those. Ask about the banks, ask about the fees and ask about interchange. Ask if somebody's going to pick up the phone and you have a problem. Um, because a lot of these people are just like, yeah, here's an application. We'll get you placed at the bank. Okay, bye. And if you have an issue, there's nobody to reach out to. Um, we are very high touch. I know yeah. a lot of people don't really, they're like, oh, I don't need that. That's fine. We're not for everybody. You know, mm -hmm. everything ain't for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but we are very high touch. So I just like to make sure that people know what banks they're working with, what their rates really are. Take all those rates um, add them up, add up your fees and divide it by the amount of money that you've processed. That's your real rate. So and, and, uh, cannabis is a juiced rate, right? They're higher oh. than other, uh, are they double? Are they triple? How much, how high are the rates for the cannabis industry? It is high risk. You know, let's just, just to be real, it is high risk. Uh, CBD is high risk still, even with, uh, the FDA saying what they've said recently, it's still high risk. Um, and so the rates are usually three to 400 points higher um, than a low risk account. So for instance, a low risk account, if you look at um, PayPal, for instance, you know, you're selling t-shirts on PayPal, then the PayPal rate's going to be 2%, you know, right. something like that. Whereas uh, cannabis or CBD, maybe upwards of 5% or 6%. And when <laughs> one of the bigger players moved out of the industry uh, early last year, it went as high as 11%. Oh, wow. Yeah, 11%. That's like higher than a, a, a commission. Oh, it's a freaking 10%. loan. <laughs> yeah. No, loans, uh, they have to stop, at least in this state, at like 9% interest. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It was, yeah. it was pretty crazy. I I remember going, man, that is that is crazy that they're doing this. And they, they're doing it because they can. Yeah. Yeah. It's they, that's the thing. We talk to people about uh, cannabis all the time. It's like, all right, guys, as soon as they find out you're in cannabis, they're going to start charging you more. I just want you to know that yep. as soon as they find out, I don't care if it's your rent. I don't care if it's me, your lawyer or that accountant over there or or anybody. They think that you're just making money hand over fist. Yep. And and it, they are not. So, I yep. mean, you know, there's these there the loans and lines of credit that we offer are not crazy. Um, when I talk to merchants and they're like, I really need a line of credit. I need to buy this equipment, especially like my farmers. I got to get new equipment. It's almost harvest time, you know, and I don't I can't go to the bank and get a loan. So I usually tell them, here's the line of credit. Here's how it's going to work. The interest zero interest for 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. And they are going to have an origination fee of like nine percent. But that's it. And then you have this line of credit open forever. And it's like, oh, I can have that. Yeah. You know, and you can use it for whatever you need yeah. to use it for. <laughs> well, I think you make a great point, too, about like ask about, you know, uh, the person's banking experience or banking locations. As far as like you, you guys have a brick and mortar in Oregon. We're in Oregon. Our headquarters is in Oregon. And I am local. I'm in Los, our Los Angeles office. Um, and so I love it here. I'm not leaving. I don't like cold. So <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere else. I'm going to be here. <laughs> Plus, yeah, right there in LA. Yeah, we're right here in LA. And so it's, we, we love being in legal. Space. So it looks kind of bright, though, where you're sitting. Now, is that like the sun? Yes. 
Yeah, I, I've heard of this. I often I open my windows as soon as I walk in my office. I open every window, every blind, every window. You just like yeah. to let all the gray winter skies in. That's what it is. It's yeah. what it is. It is. I'm gonna look at my phone and tell you the temperature just because I know it's gonna make you feel really warm and fuzzy. No, I don't make me compare. I'll get the weather channel out from <laughs> Illinois out. You're gonna it blow is, your mind here. Yeah. It's 65 and hazy today, which uh, is a little chilly for us here in LA. I'm gonna more things. Are you guys wearing like scarves and stuff? It's, it's, I do have on I do have on fleece leggings, which is really oh, funny wow. that you said that. I'm cold. Yeah. I'm like it's a little chilly. <laughs> uh, it's 42 and cloudy here. I tell oh. you. It's, hey, I beat you. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're 35. We got two inches here. It's an apocalypse already. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. All so because crazy. Seattle didn't beat Green Bay. That was a low blow. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish you would have beat them, though. Just saying. Yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. Bear down. Oh, well. So you're not operating in Wisconsin because they don't have cannabis, medical cannabis at all there. Yeah. But, uh, are you guys going to be expanding into, you said, Illinois? Uh, Missouri is coming online with medical. Uh, Michigan, are you operating in any of those states? Any state that is legal, we are there. And so, and be it medicinally or uh, for uh, for um, uh, fun fun times. <laughs> it's like right. my puppy's at my foot, so he just licked me. Yeah, I like my uh, fun time cannabis too. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> every now and then I have a. <laughs> I'm like, why did you lick my foot? Somebody uh, smoked them beforehand. <laughs> dog did the dog. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, when you guys are are solid. Are your clients the banks or your clients the cannabis companies? Our clients are are the cannabis um, companies, growers, uh, manufacturers, dispensaries, people who want to have an e-commerce business and have a presence there. Since we do have several um, years, almost 11 years in e-commerce, we have another side of inclusive pay that can help on that side. If you were a person who said, you know what, I just really want to get in the industry. I don't have a website. I don't know what I'm doing. We have a whole side that will start you from scratch, build your site, get you merchant processing, get your bank account, do everything for you in one package and hand that to you because we have that team. So we were like, why not use that um, resource that we have there to be able to help people to start that business too, if that's what they need to do. So you could provide like out here in Washington, there's a lot of online ordering and it's mostly order and then you pick it up at the spot and then pay for it. So I could order it through their website, pay for it through their website and just show up and pick it up. And then also you would provide the point of sale services for the other guys that show up, walk in, right? You could do all that. We can do that. We can also, we have a machine where you can order it online. The person will come to your door. It'll scan your ID and you can use your, your card and it'll print out a receipt. They hand you your stuff and you have a good day. You don't have to leave your house. Well, so, we don't have delivery yet. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, that's for this. Yeah. A dispensary could set up their own delivery. They don't have to go through Ease or or Puffy or Ways or any other. In, in California, that's that's okay. Right. We do not have, and I'll get calls every now and then regarding a delivery license or a nursery license. And I'm like, nope, we don't have those yet. Yeah. We have to lobby for those. And I don't, I, I support the delivery license simply because, or like uh, how they do it in California where the dispensary could have the delivery option. Because then that cuts downs on lines. And then think about it. Uh, delivery is very popular in Florida. Because uh, think of the population in Florida, aging, retired community, already quite uh, dense with how many people live there. So the traffic already. 
and so you could even put that in your environmental plan on your uh, um, dispensary saying we will be offering our, our delivery so that our patrons don't even have to leave their house. Right. And it's yeah. really great for, for states that are only medical because you do have a lot of patients who may not be able to get out and pick it up. You know, it's, it, it sort of helps those patients as well. So that's why we offer it to dispensaries. And we say, look, we have this handheld device as opposed to people just walking in, they can do either way. Well, do you have to integrate with uh, like a BioTrack THC or a metric type of uh, POS seed to sale type well, of tracking? That one does automatically have its own POS. So it has a seed to sale tracking automatically built in. So mm -hmm. they, they don't have to worry about that one. But then like in, in Illinois, we have our preferred vendor or our state approved one that's going to track it like it's BioTrack. And then things need to be uh, integrate, integrate into that. So then do you have any do you need any integration so that you can be uh, state law compliant? Well, that particular um, software does integrate um, with different a bunch of different uh, POSs. If you are just using the cashless ATM, it is just the regular deja vu terminal. And so it'll plug into whatever you're using. Yeah. One, of the first, uh, one of the first YouTubes I did almost two years ago now was on using a uh, cashless ATM for using a credit card to uh, you know, purchase your cannabis. And interestingly enough, it was at, when I was at the last firm that I was at, and one of the other, another bank attorney that I worked as all the bank lawyers hung out at this firm, uh, her daughter was in Oregon and she said, no, and she had just visited her and it was after a legalization. So it was an adult use purchase where she used her, uh, her card. And I'm like, I bet it was a cash free ATM. Yep. It definitely was. And, you know, sometimes, um, dispensary owners will say, I really, I don't want to charge my customers that fee. They can take the fee and eat it themselves if they want to. Um, they Would can that be considered cost of goods sold and they could deduct it though. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they could, they could call you know, their fees, they could lump it into that. It, they can do it however they want to do it. If they don't want their customer to have to pay the fee, the fee usually ranges between two and $4. If somebody is saying it's like six bucks, it's usually because they've marked it up and they are pocketing the extra, honestly. So. <laughs> Just making more money off of those nice, honest weed peddlers. Making more money. <laughs> Orlitha, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, where can we find and follow what's going on at Inclusive Pay? You can find us at inclusivepay.com, of course. You can also follow our Facebook page, which is Facebook at Facebook slash um, Inclusive Pay, where we do a lot of videos where we're just updating people on this, the latest changes because, again, it changes all the time. So we, we, we do a lot of uh, educational videos and let people know what they should ask and that kind of thing. And then we're also on Instagram at Inclusive Pay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. As always, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.